Faced with the sheer scale of the climate change challenge and in the UK, the net zero legal requirements now by 250, it's not surprising that many people think that, you know, we should do all and anything, all hands on deck, any policy which might address uh, a particular kind of emissions. Well, that's a good thing. The trouble is that not all policies are quite as politically attractive as others. And the government cautiously looks at these challenges and does what's become quite natural nowadays, which is to fly some kites. It lets it be known that it's thinking about taxing dairy and beef. And it does this kite flying in order to achieve two political ends. The first is to make sure that the environmentalists think that the government's, you know, on their side. And the second one is to see how fierce the response of lobbyists might be. And indeed, in this particular case, the lobbyist response has been fast and furious. Why wouldn't it be to pick out beef and dairy as particular sinning activities in inverted commas and to go for the jugular here is going to raise all sorts of issues for farmers and the NFU has been fast out of the blocks and come up with what it thinks is a pretty convincing reason why these particular forms of bespoke carbon taxes are not necessarily going to be a good idea. And their argument is, in one sense, pretty good. It says, look, what's the point of taxing beef and dairy farmers here if you're not at the same time going to address imports? Supposing we shut down beef farming in Britain and import all the stuff from, say, Brazil, from cleared Amazon rainforests, where's the climate advantage in that? In fact, it's almost certainly going to make climate change worse. And similarly with respect to dairy. And it's a good point. And the NFU then go on to say, well, look, if we're going to have such taxes, they have to be internationally recognised. They have to be applied by other countries too. The trouble with that argument is the implication, which is, well, we're not going to have such taxes. There's no point in doing anything about beef and dairy, these two bespoke examples, because others aren't going to bother. And only when everybody else bothers should we bother. It's what I call the lowest common denominator argument. And if it were pursued, we would basically have no beef, no dairy tax. Indeed, we wouldn't do anything significant to our farming industry for fear of helping others. And that really goes to the heart of two issues, two related issues in our climate change policies. The first is to recognise overall, we have explicitly decided and legislated to be unilateral in respect of carbon territorial production, regardless of what anyone else does. The NFU's point about beef and dairy taxes is actually generalisable to the whole economy. If you don't have an adjustment at the border and imports don't face these taxes, you're just giving a competitive advantage to our overseas rivals and in many cases, their carbon footprint is much worse than ours. 
Indeed, that's exactly what's been going on with respect to Europe and the UK. And that's why there is really no change in the extent to which emissions have uh, contributed to the increase in carbon concentration in the atmosphere. For 30 years, it's gone up at two parts per million, despite all the efforts have been made. So the general argument that's made here is essentially about unilateral carbon targets, and it's a very good one. The particular argument is that somehow this is especially bad when applied to agriculture. And here the NFU is on somewhat weaker territory. It proudly seems to claim that the farming industry is, you know, 100 billion, a huge part of the British economy. It isn't. It's 0.6% of the economy, about 9 billion. The food chain, the full food industry supply chains, do not come into the same bracket as British or UK farming in the same way that paperclip industry is not included in the steel production industry. It's just to make farmers look more important than they actually are. It's a very small part of the British economy. Important, yes, and it has wider social and cultural implications, but not that big. So if we look at this sector and we read the Climate Change Committee's Sixth Carbon Budget carefully, there is no way we're going to achieve our unilateral carbon production target in the UK without doing something pretty serious about farming. It's a recorded 11% of emissions for that 0.6% of GDP. And that underestimates the emissions from farming because it doesn't properly include the measurements for soil and peat with any precision. So we have to do something about farming. And whether farmers like it or not, in terms of the significance of this sector to the economy, the net costs are going to be less. But the other side of this argument that needs to be highlighted is that the case for British farming is actually the case for climate change policies. And it's the case for finding much more sustainable ways of doing agriculture. You know, if we look going forward, it's not the case that we need to have food security to avoid being starved as we were in the Second World War. Food security will be a long way down the list when it comes to a real live hot war where the electricity networks and the fibre networks will go down long before we have a chance to starve. But what is true is that if you really did think through the supply chain for food and the environmental costs involved in that supply chain, you would end up with a result which probably led to more food produced in the UK. Think about not just all those air miles, but think about the intensive uh, farming methods being used overseas. Think of that disaster taking place in the Amazon. Think of the feedlots for beef production elsewhere. So there is a really good case for more food being produced in the UK. But it's not a security argument, it's an environmental argument. And how do we make all this work? Well, it's pretty straightforward. If the government wants to fly its kite and uh, put forward uh, and pick out beef and dairy farmers, 
then there's only one honest way to do this, and that is to make the adjustment of the border. And the answer is, we should just do it. And people say, oh, it's terrible, it's protectionist, etc. It isn't. Not to include carbon costs in trade is to distort trade. And after all, agriculture is one of the most distorted trades amongst all economic activities. The CAP was set up behind a customs union to keep out cheap food imports from overseas. So it's pretty straightforward. We can require that beef and dairy product and indeed lots of other stuff that arrives at our border is treated in the same way as production domestically and it has to pay uh, the carbon price associated with it. Well, you might say, oh, that's very complicated. Different types of farming have different carbon costs. Yes, but that's trying to make the perfect the enemy of the good. We should distinguish between corn-fed, grain-fed, soya-fed, beef in lots and open pasture all year round in sustainable and restorative agriculture and indeed organic in the UK. We can have a two-tier rate. That will get us quite a long way down the track. And it has one great advantage too. Because, you know, if you're one of those countries exporting to the UK and you arrive at our border and you have to pay beef tax or dairy tax, so you might say, how can I get out of this? Well, the answer's easy. You arrive presenting a certificate to say you've already paid the tax domestically in your home economy. Think about the incentives that come from that. If you're an Argentinian or Brazilian beef producer, would you rather pay the money to your home government or would you rather pay it to the British Treasury? It's a no-brainer. And this is how you pluralise these charges so that we do end up with the costs the pollution costs associated with beef and dairy production, as examples, paid everywhere, generally, on an international basis, so we don't undermine the competitiveness. So, in flying these kites, the government has done a great service in forcing out into the open the contradictions involved in unilateral territorial carbon production targets and the unilateral net zero objective. You have to deal with the border. And when the NFU makes this point, they're absolutely right. You do have to have a border adjustment. But hey, that's not a reason for doing nothing. That's a reason for actually doing the border adjustment. Let's get on with it. It's not rocket science. And if we really all want to stop causing climate change... And if we believe that beef and dairy have uh, a part to play in that and we need to uh, shift a bit away from these things, then this is the thing to do. That's what the Climate Change Committee recommends. We eat less meat, less dairy. Uh, there may be many good reasons for that, although being anti-meat is pretty simplistic. But if you're going to do that, price is a really good signal and a really good and effective way of getting the message over. So these bespoke carbon taxes could be a good idea. They could be the route to having a proper border adjustment. And indeed, that's exactly what they should be. Thank you.